This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Celtic Rumors TV. The Balls and Bothered podcast with your host Mark and myself Paul. Join us tonight in the show. We have John United Warren, former four, Michael Michael Dundee, former four, will hopefully join us as well later. And we also have Dundee United fan Jonas, and he will be joining us to talk about Celtic versus Dundee United's one-one draw at Celtic Park yesterday. On tonight's show, we will take a look at the latest news around the club. Uh, on new sports science de- department recruitment, Martin O'Neill linked be with the chairman's role at Celtic, and we'll talk about Jonas about our match reaction from yesterday's game against Dundee United. Firstly, go Mark will go through a few shoutouts. Thanks very much, Paul. It's the usual shoutouts there. Richie, uh, Glasgow Green, Tim Alloy, Malika. And Bobby, I see Bobby's in the live chat already. Hey, even in the uh, jumper had job, he's a date, haven't he? That name it. Some name. I know. Some name. Came up with that. Hey, Terrence is in there, even in Terrence and we carry it. Even in Kenny. Well, Paul, that's us. We've got 500 subs now. Well, 501. Have we got 501? Yeah, yeah, I just saw it down when I was clicking on 501. That's us. That's brilliant. I mean, really, we never. So there have been years before we've even got near the kind of numbers and we've spoke about that. It's not really something we speak a lot about right enough, but it's still good to get there, isn't it? Mm-hmm, exactly. How fast we got it, Mark, is, is, is pretty pretty good, isn't it? What's this? Their 54th show or something, isn't it? So, aye, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted enough with it anyway, Paul, and I know. Exactly. Exactly. Right, move on? Aye, when you go, I'll go and get John out. So, the latest news around the club. Callum McGregor has committed his long-term future to Celtic Football Club. The new Celtic captain has signed a new five-year deal with the Celts this week. Celtic's revenue fell to £60.8 million pounds from £70.2 million pounds in 2002. And the club before tax of £11 million. Mostly due to the COVID pandemic, and not being able to attend matches last season. Celtic's James Marcus scan showed positive signs today, and the injury he picked up in midweek isn't as bad as us thought. Manager Ad has confirmed that the three strikers back in training and is hoping to be in the squad for a weekend trip to Padre. Martin O'Lead has been linked with the new uh, with with a role at Celtic and has been linked with Celtic chairman in the future. Myself and Mark and John will discuss that uh, a bit 
John the Shaw. Uh, firstly, do I just welcome John to, John to the show. John, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for mate. Uh, how are you? Good, 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 good. A bit disappointed over yesterday, but look, we, we, we'll talk about that as, uh, as as the show goes on. But one thing I think we, we, we can look at is is, is, is sides that John Callum McGregor, uh, how important he is to the club now, and, and it's good to see that he's committed to the club by signing this new five-year deal. Oh, I am, I'm at the moment. It's good to see, obviously, he's, he's committing to sell it, and he can actually use his long-term future there. Uh, and he's obviously, his own record, been doing his interviews, and obviously he's been there for eight years old, so that's, that's quite, basically, his full life, basically, he's been there. Yeah. Uh, it's good, I think. Like, Mark, like, he's not going to be, Cal McGregor wouldn't be short, even even at his age, you know, because he's still a pretty young lad, like, of of moved some clubs down south, right, Mark? So, like, it's a great, uh, boost for Celtic and a great deal that we got tied down to a five-year deal, isn't it? Well, he's a great player for this, Paul. But I think we've got we're, I'm saying this new deal we're going to have him for the best year of his career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially the whole part he's done after the team, like not being captain and everything. Like. Aye, I mean, there's no doubt that we miss him in the team. I mean, but it's, it's obvious we'll speak as we go on. But keep watching as well that. Although there's a bit of turmoil again, I know, but I know a player like McGregor's won't he? But do you know what I mean? He commits. Yeah, he sees, he's Mark, yeah. He's a bit of what's kind of the plans are. The vision, like, yeah, exactly. He sees the, the vision that Ange spoke to him, that Ange wants the, the team to play. And you can clearly see, like, I know results haven't been going away and stuff like that, but you can clearly see, Mark, like, that there is a buzz well, in the first team, like that, there wasn't there. Like, there's a connect between the players this season, Jimmy, and that's to, to Andrew, maybe seeing the players like Cal McGregor, you know, bringing this kind of connect between the players back, like in this. Right. We seem to have a bit better a team spirit. It's just actual playing side of things is letting us down the new ball. I know the gap gone back, sorry. I'm just going to say, but. Uh, Obviously, I mean, McGregor is a big part of that kind of side of the club as well. He's a big, only comes across quiet in that. He'll be a, a big personality in the changing room and things like that. Do you, do you think that was him getting a captain's contract? Kind of the way Scott Brown was, like, the top earner on that? Uh, it might be, John. I think, practically, like, the, the, the I think Celtic kind of. Have no seen as well, John, how, how important Cal McGregor is to the team. You know, that they don't want to be losing another key player, another experienced player, or maybe another lead in the pitch as well, do you think? Oh, I definitely, I'm saying that. I think I say, like, can I try to put trust in him as well? And also, with him committing to, so it's kind of let him know he wants you to be here for the long haul, isn't uh, it? It's a good sign for us, obviously. And oh, Cal McGregor, I just think everything comes through in the midfield, and you just have a lot of players that just get so much energy. And, Ah, uh, it's, it's a good sign of signing up for five years. I'm happy with it. Uh, Mark, another good good news as well today. Is, um, uh, G. Camarcus Jacko is he scanned in shop uh, as badly as they first thought. It's kind of bruising around the leg, and he's actually going to be back in training from today and tomorrow. He won't be in the running for Bed Leverkusen, but I kind of saw that he'd be in the squad uh, at Petardry against Aberdeen. Will he start? I don't know because the thing was saying that. He's still lacking the match fitness because he hasn't trained for the last couple of days again. So there's some signs that he could play some part in, in this game. And it's bad he needs Mark, isn't it? But drastic 
Paul, really is. I, I get it yesterday was, no, just no defence for that. When people are saying about how, how, I mean, when you look at the options, I spoke to Mike about this earlier on, there was no options on, no. on the bench, but just mix it up on the pitch then. Maybe Chaw a bad up there or something like that, Martin. I don't know, they're committing or even Yasser put Yasser up there and being on Montgomery and put scales into that left back run. Um, you know? Something like that, but it just, just, I get a limit to options, but it was just yeah. the same old, same old again, winter. Yeah, yeah, we talk about that since. Uh, uh, of course, the, the big thing, like, uh, we spoke about Ange uh, saying that when the transfer window is done, that they will look into different departments and they look at different, especially the sports science department and Celtic have hired Anton Markellon, uh, former Spurs uh, fitness team. Uh, just go just have a look at him now. He's uh, 40, years, 40 years of age. He's been the block, he said. Yeah, yeah, 40 years of age. Uh he actually, his preferred formation is a 4-2-3-1, which is kind of what Ange kind of goes similar to what Andrew goes, Mark. He has an A licence, right? So he has caretaker managers as Martin. Uh, he was actually assistant manager and then taken over as caretaker manager. Uh, he was assistant manager at Bradford. Uh, Revolution, he was fitness coach. Balls, he was fitness coach. He's been around the block, Mark, as you said, but this is an area mark clearly that Ange wanted and clearly where Celtic are, are, are lacking at the moment because of player picking up injuries due to the high intensity that Ange wants, uh, the condition of a mark. It, it, it's an area mark that, that was really neglected over Celtic Football Club the last couple of years, hasn't it? Aye, really has. I mean, I, I mean the last boy he went, I mean, when was that he went to? Uh, RB Leipzig went to, he went to? Yeah, t- Taylor, was it Taylor? Was it, was it Taylor? That was months ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like, going by that, like, you're saying, Mark, that was months ago and stuff like that. And I know the first team was was this this main thing and, and, and getting engine, like, but it's taken a long while, uh, John, for Celtic to to hire somebody this year, hasn't this? Ah, it's kind of, she said, it's been a good few months for us and then the last one left, but I think Ange pointed out and, and Dom as well that in the summer I mean for all it was just getting players in, getting a squad there, it was going to go in the bottom, obviously improving the team and all that would be dealt with once the transfer window was shut and I think that's what we can see now, obviously the window's shut and they're kind of starting to move forward that way, they're bringing these people in but obviously just a bit of a setback with Dom leaving as well but um, and I don't know too much about him but I've looked at his records and stuff and I think it's 10 years he was at Spurs he's been around the time at Spurs Mark as well when uh, what's the lad? What's his name back? That's, that's got to uh, Paris Saint Germain. Now he's the manager there. Now he's with Southampton. Yeah, Pochettino. Pochettino. And Pochettino had uh, his teams marked there with a very high intensity as well. And they had to be they had to be fit. Like so, when I was looking at as John said, they're like looking at his records stuff. Link it. Yeah. I sent you Paul. I put a link yeah. in the live chat for folk to. Like, like. The big thing about me, Mark, is is, is looking true. Is he's big into fitness. He's he's been fitness coaches at a lot of clubs as well. And considering how, like, I know our fitness Mark has stepped up under Ange, right? But I think, right, looking at all these injuries, like Cal McGregor was never being injured. 
or things like that. But is that due to the intensity of the way Ange plays that they're picking up these little injuries, Mark? And when I was to Mike earlier on the day, Paul, I said to him, when I was speaking to you once, do you remember I said to you, you could probably expect there to be a few, few injuries yeah. in that when Ange first came in. Yeah. Players just weren't they used to. You want that, that, that level, like, yeah, exactly. Intensity. And I yeah, think kind of just came back to bite us in the back side a bit. And you think like that this fellow coming back now, he, he, I think he's he showing the players how to maybe condition their body, Mark. Do you know what I mean? How to, how to bring them up to this next level, like you know what I mean? I think you'll even see things improving. See that in the next, well, another international break coming up in there, but see it maybe just after that, you'll even see improvements to this, to what this guy's going to be doing already. I think is. A fitness level, their terms is saying that fitness levels have been poor for the last few years, they really have, especially, especially last year with Lennon. Uh, so this guy, it, it won't really take much for things to go your way, do you know what I mean? It just takes this, like a guy with this kind of knowledge to come in and like, tweak, tweak things a bit better. Especially as well, John, that he's been, as you said, he's been in 10 years in spars and spars over the last 10 years, I suppose you could name numerous numerous of players that that he's he's worked with all these years like so it, it is a, a great deal for Celtic to bring in someone as experienced as uh, Anton as well isn't it? Ah definitely it's positive you last there for 10 years now it's a problem for a good few managers in that time too so if he's surviving the managers as well then he must have something about them with the managers on the middle and they're kind of keeping them on and let them continue what they're doing and Spurs is one of these teams that kind of kind of got a good like his fitness about them as well, and they kind of like to play that football, like getting forward and stuff, but so it changes from manager to manager, but the Spurs recently I've been seeing is kind of a good attacking side, but I'm kind of, it's, it's happy him to move forward, and looking at his CV stuff, I'm, I'm quite happy with him, aye. Do you think as well though, considering that he, he's kind of, like, I know it's kind of only a brief spell, Mark, but, and he's been assisted, do you maybe think that he's going to be a different air for Ange on the sideline as well, considering his experience in those roles as assistant manager and manager, that he'd be a different air for, like normally like the sports signs would kind of be more uh, on the training side of stuff, match, get me, but do you think maybe now that he's another experienced head to come in with likes of John Kennedy and Gavin Strack and that Ange will have a third person in there? There may be, Paul. I don't want to be honest, but... Uh... It's just, it's just interesting, like, considering that, that yeah. I was looking you know, it up as well about him because he's a qualified coach and he's... Yeah, an A-licensed and everything, yeah. He knows what he's doing, sir. I, I don't know if he's just going to come in and, like, solely focus. I mean, has yeah, he... Yeah, because, job, like, if you're going to bring in someone, sports science back, and previous people... Who we were linked with, like we were linked with the fellow who who we thought Mark was that left the Oklahoma that time along the same time was Angie left the Celtic. If you looked at his CV, it was it it, it was purely science, purely sports science, like it was all fitness thing. But this fella, like, actually has a manager's license, like you know what I mean? Like, mere you know, round, he's a mere rounded kind of coach. Yeah, I uh, you know you're trying. Like, that's why I was saying like that. We were saying like, will Ange bring in these new coaches or will Ange bring in? You know, like maybe this is kind of killing the two balls with the one stone, that he has a a, a proper coach and an, an assistant, and then he has a another leader in the sports science department, you know, that there's, a, there's an extra extra there, like, you know. 
Like a title match really is only a title, like really, isn't it? Like it's a title to give him sports like that's yeah. the department for the other roles. Gavin, yeah. it looks after that for the and the dugout, isn't it? Yeah. I, was, I don't know, I think I'd maybe be surprised, Paul, if he ended up like sitting in the dugout with Ange. You know, it's just it'd be interesting to see, like, you know, when can you start, Mark, when do you think, can you start seeing, like, and will, will that help all these, like, we, say, we said, like, as you said there, and, and the lads and the, the, the light shop said, well, we've been picking up these injuries and, and stuff like that. Like, the main thing for me here with injuries, and, and I I have to name him out, like, because he's he's in and out, he comes in, he's out, he's in and out, is Mickey Johnson. Like, if Mickey Johnson can't improve his conditioning on, on a, a guy like this, Mark, surely Celtic have to kind of cut their losses with him, you know? I would you think so, wouldn't you? I mean, no disrespect to the lad, but that, another, I just don't see Mickey Johnson having much of a future at Celtic. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Would you agree that, John, like that, if they, if their fitness levels can't come up, like that we have an export now in, in that department, if players uh, can't get up to the level that Ange wants them to be, they shouldn't be at the club. Uh, uh, 100%, if we obviously Mickey Johnson come into the first team up, all his injuries already, Mark. Can I have a Nicholas back? I can I figure out he's played with Celtic. I'm like, that's right, it's Mickey Johnson. Yeah. But I just, he just, 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 just seems too injury prone. I don't think he's going to keep up with it. Can I stand on the engine? Obviously, maybe get my own move up. Just cut ties altogether. Just too lightweight. That's really all it is. I mean, it's, uh, oh, he's a good, he's a great player, do you know what I mean? But just he's that lightweight and I don't always need to get... It seems to be like a different injury all the time. Like, I mean, obviously, his calf injury, the last one was, uh, I don't know what happened that Maybe doing his size. Yeah, yeah. Don't do don't, don't the physicality of the Scottish game. If you're a big, strong guy, you're, you know what I mean? You've got you're less a chance of picking up the kind of injuries Mikey Johnson's picking up. Mm-hmm. Well, it'd be just to see how, how the likes of... Um, Yasser and Abadar go through the season because they're fairly like Gary's and we, we'll actually see if they're actually picking up a lot of injuries journey because I know Mickey Johnson is slightly lighter but Abadar and, and, and Yasser are fairly lighter as well aren't they? You uh, know? If you, if you took a staff some Paul they're probably uh, they're probably strongly mostly guys underneath their shirts because well, they've been training a kind of high well maybe you know Abadar but uh, like you are training, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Training at a higher kind of intensity for, like he's been. But uh, I mean, they seem to be handling it or so far. Ah, but that doesn't seem. I mean, he's had people have had to like tussles and digs him. He seems to be able to hold his own. Hold his own, yeah. Because I was actually worried about that. The the intensity of the game, I thought, like with the Scottish game, like a lot of but. As you said there, Mark, he seems to be... And same with Kyogre as well, being a light lever. He seems to take the, the tackles as well, don't he, Kyogre? Aye, but, you know? that's it. but you But you can be wee and skinny, but you can still be strong. Yeah. Like Ryan Giggs. Yeah. Ryan Giggs was never well-built, but he, he was well in muscle for his size, you know what I mean? He was, he, was yeah. a, he was an athlete, you could tell by looking at him. I mean, even if you want, he's even to go to the other extreme. He could play with Messi, Ronaldo. Uh-huh. I mean, Ronaldo's. If you see Ronaldo with clays on, he just looks like a normal, well, decent enough built guy. And then you look at what he's like underneath that shirt, and it's just. Said he was a body's a 27 year old. 
It's like me, man. It's like chiseled it. Yeah. Oh, so has. Moving on. Uh, yeah, the rumours are still kind of aren't going away that Ian Banker is the, is the step down as Celtic chairman. Uh, one name that kind of has popped up recently, uh, myself and Mark talked about it, is, uh, is, is Martin O'Neill. Now, Mark, we're always saying football man to make football decisions uh, within Celtic. What what would be your thoughts on on Martin O'Neill coming in? I, I've said to you, time, Paul, I would be a, a wee bit unsure, but the more I think about it, I'd, maybe, I'd be happy enough with that. As long as he's not trying to interfere with like, first team affairs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Just like what we were saying, he's the footballing voice in, in the dressing, in the boardroom. I mean, he's, don't get a lot of stuff, Martin O'Neill stuff. It's all outdated when it comes to coaching and things like that, Paul. But up there, he knows, he knows his wife about Celtic. You know, which is why about worldwide football, do you know what I mean, sir? It'd bring a lot of experience to it, and it'd bring a lot of, I think, a bit of calmness to the support if they brought in somebody like Martin O'Neill, because at least we'd say, well, we know that he loves the club, and he's at the very top level. Mm-hmm. Saying that, Mark, she obviously bring that calmness to the sport. Do you think that's a move for the board to kind of appease us? Just to kind of keep us quiet for a bit? Oh, I don't know. I don't think Dean Blankier's going to vote himself out a job to keep the support happy, uh, John, do you know what I mean? Uh, in terms of a few, obviously, behind the scenes, it's probably still a lot of these singles and stuff, and uh, probably part of the wee crew behind the scenes, but obviously, obviously a lot of people start to get own Blankier as well, and obviously, bring Martin and Elin, kind of, obviously, kind of keeps us quiet for a bit, doesn't it? Keeps us... Blankier goes and joins that other board that Peter Lovell's still on. Aye, kind of, something, something along your lines, isn't it? I was looking at it, I was taking a about about today, right? I can't see Ian Baker back stepping down anytime soon. Anyway, all right. Now the rumours are still there, so I was thinking. Peter Lowell had to give was it six month notice to the the stock exchange that time. So well, I was thinking, did he also maybe give his notice? And could we be possibly looking at maybe January of next year that maybe. Thank you, stepping dog. Can't keep that quiet, Paul, because it gets published on the stock exchange. Yeah. As soon as if that anything like that happens, straight out dead. Even right away, I've set up for email notifications for Celtic off the stock exchange. So you would get something in your email box right away if you've done that. Yeah. Uh, this this daughter, like bank here been away in a couple of weeks, and that I don't think that's going. No, to... no, it's not going to happen. Especially no, Mark, considering that. Dominic McCoy is gone, Peter Lowell is gone. You know, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I, I, and at the moment, I don't, I, I, I don't think David Desmond is maybe pushing it there. Maybe Banker to step down, do you think? Because of all the changes at board level. Or is he trying to push it and trying to get a, a Banker standing, standing firmly on his position? Sorry, Paul, just, I'm just going through a live chat here. I bestie, that's right about that with Forrest and his car. I can't remember what kind of car it was, but it was like dead low down, and it was causing them sciatica, you call it that, the pain in your back, and it was it was just his, his car was that low down, it was giving him back problems, so that's true what Lee was saying there. So I heard see Scott Brown as well, I think he was coaching last year, like youth team, and I think he had a wee bit of drive as well, and he had to get up as well because of it, because it was kind of causing him a wee bit of injury now and again, and I think it's the same lines, aye. Right. As we was, Sorry, Paul, just it caught my eye there. Yeah. No, I was just saying, do you think maybe 
David, Desmond himself is pushing Banker to step down, or do you think maybe Banker himself wants to step away, Mark, considering his age, now that piece of lot of stuff has gone? You know, because the rumour is kind of, normally the rumour kind of dies out, but this is kind of, it's kind of staying, really, isn't this? Bouncing about for a while, uh, Banker would be stepping down, but I, 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 I don't imagine, I don't imagine it'll take much persuasion, if you know what I mean, because he really doesn't need anything. Do you get what I mean? It's, I mean, Nita can actually tell you what Ian Banker actually does for Celtic. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Other clubs, other clubs are chairman and that are like, they, they pop up on the telly and interviews of their kind of new and again and things like that. But Banker just... They're not going to meetings with the SPL, Mark. They're talking to the S... Do you know what I mean? They're talking to... They're, like, what I, what I was reading about this, it's like he's supposed to be the one that's keeping the club kind of rolling, do you know what I mean? That every, everything is rolling and rolling and rolling. But, like, the club's in the fucking shambles at board level, you know? So the question is, like, it's under, really, bankers' uh, management that this board level seems to be falling apart because he's supposed to be the one who's kind of keeping all this together, keeping everything rolling at board level. You know, that's... He's in charge, he's in charge of the board, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and... The board at the moment, the shambles. I've said it before, Paul. I can't see Dermot Desmond running any other company the way he's doing this with Celtic. Well, I think, but you know, as you said that, right? I this could be just a stupid suggestion, Mark. I don't know, but you think that Desmond, Dermot Desmond actually didn't know the the board levels in the shambles until Peter Law stepped away, and and he's actually seen the extent of. Where Celtic are now, like well, if he didn't really, did, did, he, he did, did really give McCoy a chance. He saw that he wasn't up for the job and kind of got rid of him straight away, didn't he? Aye, but if he's no noticed that the board's not fit for purpose, Paul, then he's took his eye off the ball. Yeah, a, a lot worse than any's any's a fear. Sort, yeah, you know, because that's uh, that's going back to us. Uh, sorry, no, John, there for uh, being back in, but that's going back to what JFE said to us back. Has has Dermot Deswick like, take his eye from what? Did he step back too far? Do you know what I mean? And, and give too much control to Peter Lauren? Terence has brought on my life chat to talk to Paul McGinley going on the board. I mean, what's he got to do? This is all kind of... Uh, oh, it's just rumours and, and, yeah, and whispers. But well, it's all buddies to him as well, Mark, isn't it, Dermot Deswick? Well, uh, you saw his, his cronies, isn't it? Like, like John... All these people that's been linked to this world, the only one really who we think was capable of taking is Martin O'Neill. And like, if Celtic do go down the route of, of maybe bringing Paul McGinley onto onto the board, that's just making his own mistake like they did with Don McCoy, bringing him over from the rugby and he not knowing the football side of stuff either. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's Paul McGinley, I don't know who he is. I've seen that. I've seen that clue. Uh, I know what you mean, nah, it's just, it's probably on the board or something like that. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's probably that's probably probably saying in it. It's, it's one of his mates in it. Investments in it. Have you investment in that here? Yeah, it's just the way they work, businessmen in it. Probably a lot of them have been taking money out Celtic as well, putting a wee bit in, but taking a lot more out and saved probably their pals outside the football and that as well. But aye, uh, it's going to be anybody. But Martin O'Neill, I'd be wanting. I could take. I could any kind of suggest Mark that he'd be getting one of these kids. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. One of his sons is, one of his sons is, and I think that's one of the reasons that never won't sell. I've said it before. I don't think Dermot Desmond would entertain selling Celtic unless it's a crazy offer. Uh-huh. Because one of his sons is right into it. He's, do you know what I mean? He's Celtic, like Celtic daft a bit like us kind of hang like over Celtic and that's so I think. And he was kind of linked at the start as well, Mark. What they would, what I'm taking off of Peter Lovell, wouldn't it? Peter Lovell, that time, yeah. Did you know? Is he open at the last couple of AGMs as well, representing his dad and things like that? Yeah. So there, there's a thing. Uh, do you want to be honest, son? If he's honest, I suppose. Yeah, just briefly, like your thoughts on yesterday before we be being honest and just before I go through yesterday. Tells overall, probably created the chances were there over creating a chance after chance. I thought they were working numerous times. And about the service, it was getting popped across that goal. It was unbelievable. It was just a jetty dreadful. Also, we had a decent strike on that part. One or two of them had been fit away. Uh, so it was all, all, all the service was coming in. It's just a jetty, just an empty jersey. And that's what's kind of happening. There's nothing clinical up front now. And the keel has been a big loss. But Tells obviously just disposed depleted a bit in the run. With, uh, with Yessie as well, John, that when he got the, the one or two goals there the last couple of weeks, that he'd kick on from that. But he he he's he really offers Celtic nothing in terms of his movement either. So he's not, he's too slow, he's too static, isn't he? Ah, it just seems to be he's getting a couple of goals and it's like I'm speaking for a bit. Then just doesn't have nothing half him. It's just it's an empty jersey, you know. It's I don't know. Like it was just frustrating to watch, obviously, because you could see like Jota, he was just driving the defence all the time, and there was a lot of passion in him. In him. He left I on the park, and he was creating so many chances, and a badder as well. And I think the uh, Rogic had one or two wee magic runs as well, but he just didn't pull the trigger in time. He just kind of tried to run it in. Uh-huh. And so I said, Carl McGregor's a massive force, and I thought that a bit of steel midfield to kind of get a bit of dig in there and kind of keep it tight to the back. And, but in terms of it's just a, it's a strike on a defensive midfielder we're kind of trying it further now but just need to help him get to go back as quick as possible but even like even when we were getting the balls into the box like and I thought that was one of uh, a, that we would play to one of uh, a yesy shreds that we were getting the ball into the box and, and stuff like that but then when I was looking at him yesterday John he wasn't even getting into Aye, the position he wasn't even there he, was, he wasn't even there do you know what I mean as soon as he sees a badder or a daughter making that run down the wing and going to cut in to get a closer into that box it has been thought should just be get right and tap it right, right and tap it that keeper right in the box get in there and give him an option but you've seen it in the ink uh, you Montgomery had a nice one as well he kind of drove with the ball and he took it down somebody and he's whipped it right across and it's just right along him out for the goal and just flew right out to the other side but it was perfect. Uh, any, any decent striker would have a bit of about them, would have an own tapper and looked that in. And that one, it came to a jetty's feet and how he just skagged out of the bars. Unbelievable, honestly, man. It's just, uh, I don't know, he's just frustrating. And I just, even, even this Greek guy, I've not seen him, but his record last season looks good. And I just I can't wait to get him fit and Kyogo and get two decent strikers back in there. To get yeah, we, 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 we definitely need... Uh a different option up front at the moment and, and it's actually worried that we'll, we, we still will only have a yes going into the Beverly Hills kit and possibly 
Aberdeen as well that uh, Jacko might be only fit for maybe the last half hour of the Pentagon game, John, is what I made it today. A hundred percent it's worrying. It's, it's got that worrying that obviously Moffat's been brought for the B squad. If we can bring a B squad strike up, I would rather go for that option. So I've just no confidence in a Jay Artoadis, who is exact same as him as the way of David Barkis. Uh, historically, it's just so annoying yesterday watching them. The game was earth rotating with the chances we created. We should have been at least a decent strike on that part. We were going at that game with three or four goals. But as you said, you said, he wasn't even making the effort or anything to get an entire that. Uh, so make an option for the for the wingers to get them up close in the ball. No, maybe just start. I don't know. Just there's no Celtic standard. No, Mark, is he on the stay with us? Yeah, I'm just on. Oh, don't Paul, just on a wee bit. I don't. I, that didn't seem to be the right. Uh, oh, as I said, uh, another player, John. That's been called Chris Oman. Is uh, is Starfield together? A lot of people have said that maybe Welsh should be starting out ahead of him. What what what's what's so tall He seems to kind of kind of get a bit shaky again, don't he? Ah, uh, it seems to be obviously kind of Starfield and Carter Vickers as the first two options. I just obviously I think obviously Starfield's obviously got that spot because of the money we've paid from. It's one of the ones we've paid all that money getting playing. He needs to be on the park to play Try and get a tune at him. Uh, but it's got to come to a point, obviously, you've got young Welsh here who's no put a foot rang. You know, so if he's getting pass marks every game and he's doing well and he's a product to a youth, it's got to come to a point where it's got to say to Starfield, you'll see it up your game, it's you're going to be sitting next to matches on the bench and Welsh will be getting his chance. And uh, Vickers and Welsh got a good partnership and it's just into Starfield to get yourself back in that team. But I think it's obviously because the money we've spent them, it's just to play in it. It's just to, obviously, Prove obviously justify the money we've paid in that, but he's had about one or two bomb scares. But I've obviously I've seen good things happen as well. I've seen interceptions he's made, I've seen tackles he's made, and I've seen he's nothing when he's won some leaders. That there's been good signs there too. But he's got these shaky moments, and it's these shaky moments he can lose your points and lose your matches. And the new when the points will drop, we can't afford any of that just now. So aye, it's just shaky times for him. But obviously we've got the option of young Welsh here, so it's not really something. If it does come to that, then we can drop staff out to the bench and we've got a young player in Wales who we're confident in and those going to come in and put in good performances. So, in terms of centre-back, I'm kind of calm about that just now. It's just this up front that's really worrying us. I suppose another kind of uh, concern as well, John, yes, to consider the amount of injuries had is uh, Janovic coming off injured. You know, uh, it's kind of, obviously, it's poor. It's happened. I just hope it's not something serious because we've seen a Janovic. She looks like a good player and he's got a very good signing for us and it would just all set slow stand into a, an early change and that Montgomery could have been somebody who could have brought on later in the game and we were looking for that goal because Montgomery's got a good wee bit of drive about him and he likes to get into the box and try and make things happen so maybe could have been if you're a young yeah, didn't have to come off we could have maybe brought uh, Montgomery on and stuck him on the left and maybe moved Jotter into the middle a bit to kind of help obviously with Jetty and put more options in there so the crosses coming in to get in target but I just put obviously had to come off you. I just hope this injury is not too serious. It's, it's not something that can be done right now either. We've got too many of them. Uh, Terence was saying there that it's uh, it's actually Janovic's hamstring. So if it's actually it's not good, like he's going well for a couple of weeks with that. But look, at least we have at the moment there we have young Montgomery who actually hasn't done put a foot wrong either since he's come in. And look, we have scales. 
Hopefully he'd be up and running through the I, match. I was, I was impressed with him, Paul. You were speaking highly of him and that. Yeah. And to when I seen him come on, it just, uh, just, just an instinct. And you see him, like, I suppose it's something about him. He just comes to one the bars. He gives us as well, uh, John. Like we, uh, we're speaking about uh, not not really changing the system, but changing the personnel. Uh, uh, can give you that, that option with his height as well, because he uh, he get into the box as well with his height and and it, He's a great footballer as well, like, you know. I've seen that. He was comfortable in the ball and he's passing with his knife. He was always looking for the ball. He was always wanting to get involved. And how's Paul, did he see Dennis? Can he play defensive midfield? Can I just do in front of the no. back, to, back two? No. No, no. Slowly, really, on the left, any side of the left. Now, if he chew in there, Chris, he, would he be able to do a job? He probably would. But he, he would be natural to it George you know what I mean he won't uh, be able to read the game as as much as he would on the left you get me you know one fellow who I think that's oh, don't, Paul, I think that's Jonas joined us now you there Jonas alright lads sorry about that I don't know what happened oh, I don't, I've got a link for you but it must not be working anymore nah you know what it was I had to re like I changed phones I've got a new phone and I had to re-sign into everything I had not signed uh-huh. in since I got a new phone so I had to add you again That's I, don't, I think that was what the problem was Hey, boy, thanks for coming on anyway, Yoris. You obviously put a bet on uh, Dundee, so John at Celtic yesterday, you that you got your new phone, did you? <laughs> 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 Look, I, I, as a Dundee United supporter, Yoris, you must be happy about the, the, the game yesterday. Uh, do you think you could have got, gone one better? Do you think you had a chance to win that game? Considering that like, we thought that we had a few chances that we hit the bar. What's the side of Dundee United fans? Do you think that he could have won that game yesterday? Well, I mean, we've not won at Parkhead since 1992, and I think we've played Celtic 100, including yesterday, 112 times away from home, and we've won three. So a point for us yesterday was a great result. And I think, I mean, you guys had obviously chances, and Ayeti with that miss from a yard out or whatever it was, but... I thought, we never did what most teams do when they come to use. We actually tried to play football and pass the ball on the ground and actually made it a competitive game. We never just sat in with 11 men behind the ball and tried uh-huh. to stop the bus. I noticed that Dundee United, they played the committees. They tried to make a game of it. They came and played football. And they were getting a full belt at us and tried to get a win at it. And that's what you like to see. And that's something you kind of take away for teams as well. Just kind of blame up, blame your performance. You've got to be credited to Dundee United as well. They've came off had a go uh, unfortunately, fortunate for him, we've got a point out of it, but unfortunately for us, we've got uh, two points. Do you think maybe the uh, court saw that, that the gaps would be there? You honest, if he attacks that, considering the, the way that we play, we, we, we play a high line and stuff like that, that he'd be, he'd be able to get the ball on the floor and, and get the ball through those gaps, and, and that's why he actually attacked us yesterday? I think to be fair, I, I don't think it's just against Celtic. I think that's his philosophy. That's his style of play, yeah. Yeah, every team he wants to attack and be on the front foot. So he said that this season we weren't going to make exceptions regardless of the opposition. And I'd rather us lose a game or draw a game going for it rather than park the bus. And then see, see if you do park the bus and you can see the goal in the 79th minute or whatever, uh-huh. you've got to all of a sudden change your game plan from what you've been doing for the whole game. But if you're attacking, then at least it gives you a chance to nick an equaliser or, or get a goal even if you do go behind or whatever you know what I mean so it's just a more positive style of play and uh, like you know and the best way to cause teams problems is trying to attack I mean I thought we struggled with your wingers like I thought the boy Freeman was up against Fiota I thought he struggled 
first half a wee bit. He's got enough, and that's where your goals came from. But I thought we were no bad on on the turnovers. We were decent on the counter attack and that, and the pressure is a wee bit higher. We never just sat six yards out for a goal and let you knock it about. You know what I mean? A big area for us, to be honest, is the problems we're actually having in the midfield area. Did he? And I think you being raved about it. Michael's being raved about it. There is it. Is it Fuchs that the, the, the yeah. lad? Did, he controlled that midfield yesterday again, Mark. Did he fairness to him? I've watched him a few times because Mikey and Jonas spoke about him before. I spoke to Mikey earlier on the day and I was saying to him as well, I do, he could have played for us yesterday. Don't get us back. Uh-huh. I think he was lucky to stay on the park. Taco and McCarthy. I think... No, you will, Mark. I'm saying to Mikey as well, but you can see as well, for me that kind of shows you that he's a decent player as well. See, you get booked as early on in that and Committed, lad. You're in your last leg, and then he play the game he played to stay on it. I, I think he's a great player. Definitely, I hope he's caught Angie's eye yesterday. The Nugget Man of Match against him as well, once Dundee United beat Rangers. Nugget Man of Match against him as well. I think he was outstanding against him too. Aye, when we won one, no, aye. What do you mean as well? We're slagging off a yeti, but you've got to say as well, he was up against a 16 year old centre back. That young, exactly. that young Kerr Kerr Smith, yeah. I mean, that's even me. That, I mean, no offence. The young lad did a good game and he's meant to be a brilliant prospect. Jonas will have seen a lot more than I have, but I mean, he's still a 16 year old laddie. You know, an experienced player should be basically bullying him on the park. Yeah. All, all the top clubs down in uh, England, you know, so I read there, I, I said the podcast that my United, my, my United look at him, Chelsea look at him. There's a uh, European club, AC Milan, and looking at him like this fella is hot property at Dundee United. Did he get the moment to fill a car? Aye, well, he came in, he, he started last week in the derby because Liam Smith was injured, so he played right back in the derby and he did a job, but centre half his position. And because Charlie Mulgrew got injured against Hibs during the week, that's how Kerr Smith started yesterday. And to be fair, we were a wee bit, oh, it's a bold team selection, obviously, at Parkhead, you know, away to Celtic. Uh-huh. throwing him in there but I thought he had a great game yesterday and like you say I didn't I thought I, I thought he was composed didn't he won his headers he just did what he needed to do he didn't do anything flashy but he he, he got himself through the game and he was never in any he never really caused any issues you know what I mean never have, you wouldn't have known watching him yesterday you wouldn't have said he's a 16 year old lad I didn't know that until you say that there Mark I'm just looking him up the room and I'm quite shocked that doesn't say much for a jetty does it but like that's that you you hit the the head there, John. Like Mark, the experience of a Yessie being down at West Ham, being along with Switzerland national team, scoring goals for Basel and stuff like that. And he comes in then, and he's outsmarted by a young lad. Still, like I wouldn't say a young lad. I say a boy. Lord, he's trained a centre back, and and he played Yessie off the ground. No, even a yeti. I mean, he's a he's a good player. That's a bit. I'm not meaning to like target him for a kicking, but he should. That's who Celtic should have been targeting is like the weak link. Like get Rogic running at him, get Turnbull running at him, get Yorba in the middle running at him. Do you know what I mean? And that kind of thing, just kind of. I don't mean bully him, but put him under. Pest him, aye. Aye, pest him. Got see if you can get under his skin and get him with me. Because you say to yourself, if you're too, if you don't know much about Dundee United, you're saying, well, a 16-year-old boy centre-back, they're going to get pumped today. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It just didn't, just the boy, Jonas said, I thought he had a great game, the lad. 
You're just called like. Just gone by what you saw Celtic yesterday, and look, a lot of fans already have been on Andrew's back end because, like, with Andrew at the moment, it doesn't seem to be no plan B. It's either he's fast moving football, but at the moment we can't do that because of injuries. But do you think, as, as also Celtic fans, should be concerned at the moment where we are in the league table? See, to be fair, right? I think it's too early. Like, I know uh-huh. obviously. There's a, there's got to be a wee bit of a balance as well because like I say injuries a new gaffer in charge trying to implement a new style of play but what I would say as well you look at the results so far in the league even looking at Rangers and everything right Dundee missed a penalty in that against them on Saturday and they're, they're conceding goals I don't think it's going to be anybody running away with it I think the league's pretty tight there's, uh-huh. there seems to be people seem to be cutting everybody seems to be cutting everybody's throat all over the place so I wouldn't be overly overly worried I mean what is that what seven games six seven games in half a dozen games in I wouldn't be starting to press any panic buttons yet with like still boys to come back for injury and things and stuff so not not at the moment anyway I don't think there's any point in knee jet reactions or, or throwing the, the toys out the front but that's typical Celtic yep. uh, supporters isn't it you know because you know they're, they're straight on the gaffer's, uh, the gaffer's back and so obviously, like it's still, it's still behaviourist. Modern football. I mean, we've said it before, and it's not as bad as up here. But I mean, down in down in England, just six jokes for the sack. Uh-huh. Oh, aye, six, six, yeah, two or three defeats, and you're you're, you're the favourite to get game set back. I mean, aye, your favourite to get the bullet. You know what I mean? So I think as well, it's a different mentality with your fan base compared to like ours as well, because. You're expected to win every game, whereas we're not expected to win every game. Like we'll approach every game and try to win, but we're not like realistically expected to win every game that we play. So that that's where a lot of the impatience comes from the your fan base as well, because a lot of the, the lads that support Cell just expect to win every single week. You know what I mean? Good is with him yesterday, Jonas, and you did lost two one or two nothing or something. You're just it's a case you ask, well, dust yourself doing it, isn't it? Just forget about it. Yeah, for us, because it's any points away to in Glasgow for us is a, is a bonus point, you know what I mean? Realistically, I mean, you look at our record, I mean, we've, that's our first point there in eight years, and what is it, three wins in 111 games or something, so we're not expect, we've not won there since 1992, so we're not expected to get anything from that game, so anything that we get at those sort of venues is a bonus, you know what I mean? But if we'd lost, it would have been a case of right, going to Ross County at home on Saturday and focusing on winning that game, you know what I mean? That's the way it works with us. There's been there's big positives as well, Jonas, for yourselves. Uh, as you said last season, like on the balling, like if you concede a goal, you had to change all your approach. But this year, if you concede a goal, you're, you're keeping the same system in place, you know. So, like you got two great results against the, the Glasgow clubs. One John and one Wendy. What's your thoughts so far with Dundee this season? A lot of people were critical, of course, getting the manager job because he was so inexperienced and, and so forth. He's really started to grow to the position of manager, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I was concerned after the Aberdeen game because we lost him. They looked absolutely horrible. But to be fair, he's got them... What he's done is he's made people proud to support United again. The boys actually want to play for the club. Everybody knocks their pan in for 90 minutes. Everybody knows what their job is. But it's, it's actually entertaining. It's good football to watch. We're getting the ball on the ground and we're passing it. We're not just shelling it 70-80 yards from the centre half. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and considering the start that we've had, for like Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen and Hearts, 
in our first like seven games. Yeah. To be, yeah. be to be on eleven points from that is is good. To be sitting fifth in the league going in with a week to go before the international break. Every I think every United supporter would have took that at the start of the season. <laughs> Back then, there have been uh, really impressive on the course. Remember when Jonas first came on, like he he was kind of worried as well about the, the experience of of uh, a court coming in, but he's really stepped up to the Dundee Dundee Challenge, hasn't he? And as as Jonas said, like he's made players believe in the jersey, believe in Dundee. Now he said, you know, bigger passion back to the club. But we were saying that. We felt when when Edge first came in, wasn't it? Well, you're not no better than us, and you just said it. No, all oh, the fans seem to be happy with the things they're going. I mean, I was a, I've watched three, three, three of their games, I think, as I've watched this season, and I've been impressed with what I've seen from them. I really have. I, I, I said, I, I like that Fuchs in the, uh, the midfield, the boy Kerr. But they also, as Jonas said, they're hard working, and I mean, they never kind of settled. To just let I mean, they were happy for this enough to pass it but in half for us. But then, I just, after they did for a couple of minutes, they were starting to push up and push up. Whereas other teams are just usually come to Celtic Park and just sit back. Lovers just pass the ball and put in their own half. Do you think so, Mark? Mark maybe Edge kind of has trouble playing against teams that, that push against his system? You know, we saw it against SL Alba in the second leg when. When they 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 start to press on us, uh, do we struggle against teams like that, Matt, that actually press us? Uh, well, see, boys, Paul, I think we dare, but I mean, because there were spells yesterday, even Dundee United were pressing us. There were spells yesterday that the, the centre backs didn't know what to do with the ball, basically. They were that, mm. Dundee United players were getting that close to them, and they were turning, and it was for wee spells with Davy stupid five-year passes, just. Because there was no movement about about in the middle of the park. Uh huh. Uh-huh. John, do you want to come in there? Uh, I, I think if the teams all like press us all the time, we kind of struggle. It's not something we can expect teams to do. Is it times when teams kind of come on us? We kind of get shocked a wee bit, and uh, we kind of knock some play off us a wee bit as well. But in terms of Angie's style, and when Angie gets up full flow and everybody's adapted it well and it's quick. You know, the fitness is up to the high standards, and I think it's going to worry once teams are going to kind of struggle to even play, even play against us and shoot up shop against us. But it's where everywhere Andrew's went, it always starts off slow at the start, and when it gets that team to where he wants to be, it just flies and just goes, and they can stop them. Uh, so, go on, John. No, on you go, mate, on you go. I remember you came out to us that we spoke to you about uh, the Celtic board, and we spoke about the Dundee Nice has bought another quarter set up and he said he, he bought in the big sports science department he looked at all that he rectified he needed to play what benefits have you saw when you went into these areas and fixed these areas and like with Celtic how you do land out from, uh, from Tottenham I thought like what effects should, should Celtic fans that see do you think well the thing I was listening to the obviously you guys talking about the sports sciences before I came on and um I was noticing a few comments in the chat about lads that have been injury prone, but what seems to have happened is since Courts has got the job, he's managed to get Peter Pollock on the park for 90 minutes near enough every week, whereas under Mellon you were lucky if you got him for three games and then he was out for six, and he's been mm-hmm. one of our best players so far this season. So maybe... The, I highly rate it when he was younger, to be honest, that yeah, Peter Pollock. Yeah, he was... Aberdeen, no, no. And then he went away to MK Dons and that, and he was done no bad down south. But he seemed, even when he came back to us, 
Um, he signed for, I think it was 18 months, and then he got a new two-year deal in the summer, and there was a bit of eyebrows raised from boys, because he's a bit like sort of Forrest and maybe Mikey Johnson's previously. It was like he was never fit, but he's been excellent this season. He's got four goals for us this season, a couple of assists, and he's played every week. And he seems, so whether they've tailored a fitness programme to suit him or whatever, or you know what I mean, but yeah, everybody just seems fitter anyway. Like, you seen us yesterday, even obviously we tired a wee bit, but we could have nicked it right at the end when they had that counter-attack with Louis Aperi at the end when he had that chance and stuff. So before we wouldn't have had the energy to get up the park in the last minute, especially after a shift at a ground like yourself, you know what I mean? So I think you're noticing that the boys are fitter and we're getting getting more out of them, like, yeah. If that's it, Mark, like, what do you want to say? Would he have a, like a different kind of a trade regime for... For the for the Dundee players, like maybe like this fella might have kind of different kind of teams, but yeah, individual plans that to keep them. Do you know what I mean? That, that's get the, I mean, the monitor everything new, Paul. Where you, do you know what I mean? They're peeing into bottles every every week to get tests done and all that kind of thing. So these guys come in and they just tailor it to like your personal needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul, I think it even gets to the stage of telling you to go to bed time of night. Uh, so that you get what I mean, so you're even getting things like enough sleep. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool, but what's your thoughts on yesterday? We spoke about, about Yessi, but we said we give him the benefit of the doubt when he got the last two goals, like hopefully he'd kick off and stuff like that, but he has really... A, He's really not offering nothing to Andrew's system, is he? Oh, that was one of the worst performances I've seen our Celtics in a long time, Paul, yesterday. It really was absolutely garbage. I, I, I mean, I did. I've stuck, I've not stuck off from him, but I said, like, on the... Give the best of the doubt, yeah. Even I said, Paul, just, he's an out-and-out poacher. So just, yeah, and he didn't even do that, did he? No, yeah. no. I mean, that missed the one... I, I, I could never understand how people can miss their kind of boys. It just needs to hit you. Yeah, but then he done, and after that, he done absolutely hee haw the rest of the game. Absolutely nothing. He just an empty jersey. Just hopefully, Jacko's uh, fat enough to at least make an appearance on Saturday. That my honest service was there for him as well, wasn't it? Exactly. See the amount of boys getting hurt right across the roof for that goal. It was, it was, just, it was never there. It was just. A decent striker with good instincts is going to look at that winger coming in and going, he's making an interest and he's putting that ball across. I'm getting an entire or at least I'm putting a bit of pressure on a defender or the keeper. 
they kind of make something happen, but he's nowhere near it or nothing. And we've moaned mon- for months about no getting service into the box. Do you know, for months about it, and then all of a sudden, we have a game like that yesterday, and just nobody in there to put the chances away. Uh, as well. Turnbull and McGregor, uh, Vogic in the same team just never, never works. Do you think Turnbull looks dead in his feet? Eh? He just looks knackered now. He just not like seen nothing off him lately. Even though I don't think Rogic is Rog, I think Rogic has went back the way as well for the way uh, a few weeks ago. I think he's just worried players Rogic in it and again we'll give you that be two or three moments of magic here and there. It's just but it's not enough in it, you're going to that we can make out. His decision making yesterday let him down a lot of the time as well. Rog uh, no, just no no getting the ball away quick enough or no or take wanting an extra touch in the ball when he's running weight and things like that. And that's just again back to the old Rogic that just uh-huh. uh, as a moment he ran into the box and he's kinda of done if he imagine he's been two or three of them and he's just taken a took a shot. Uh, just try to let something off and he just kept he just decided I'm gonna do another wee step over and try and run through and he just ran into a wall and got took half him. Things like that. He made a few of the kind of runs and you could tell that the Dundee United defence weren't getting near him. Aye. So that's how he was getting the chance to do that, but then his decision making was just out the window. Aye, just in full flight, man. Just no fucking no that slow or nothing. Just think you always said there, you always what Lanza said there, that the the service was there for yes, yes, that he wasn't getting in the box, he wasn't doing worse. We thought of a striker he was. We thought he was a goal poacher, like like those crosses yesterday in, into the box, and, and there was no one there. It was pretty comfortable for you know, said the backs of back leg yesterday, wasn't it? Ah, well, I think I was concerned obviously when it started, like with the yeah. crosses that were coming in, and I was like, you know what? There's only going to be a matter of time if we keep letting crosses coming that we're going to pay the price. And then that one, like I said, I think it was. I can't remember, it was maybe a badder that got in and down the right of Ralston or whoever it was and caught it back to a yeah, and m thinking, yeah. I seen it rolling across and he stood there and I was like, I was raging because I was like, this is going to be 2-1. I mean, just before half time as well, we would need, because if we'd managed to get in at one all, obviously, it would yes. have been a big, big bonus for us and I was thinking, this is just typical, United defended well all half and then we can see just before half time, but thankfully he ballooned into the terraces, you know what I mean? But you know, I think there was enough balls going across the box that if you had anybody half decent in the box, you he probably would have fancied to one of them their chances away, like. Yeah, but he does it like, I know Michael spoke, I, I do probably know Michael's thoughts on a, on a yes, he heard us more than us as well, like, you know, but he, he, he doesn't seem to be a Celtic player who, the way Ange wants to play, he just doesn't suit our system. Like, I mean, your, your band just clearly played to your player's strengths. You know, and we have players here that can't get to our bunch of shreds. Like, you have to give stuff it, don't they? Yeah, well, the, th- the thing is, as well, if you're going to be playing with some a high press and high intensity style, you can't play that with people that aren't mobile. You know yeah. what I mean? So if you can't run, then you're going to be useless in that style. And you'll only get goals if you're just, like you said, if you stand on the penalty spot and the ball falls to him, fair enough. But other than that, he's basically useless if you're playing a system with, with movement. You know what I mean? It's Kyogo. You obviously saw how impressive he was for us. You know, as I were constantly said that we're lacking his movement. Just what you're saying there, like, is that I guess he doesn't offer that movement that that Kyogo would have. Would you have been kind of a bit fearful of playing against Kyogo yesterday if if he was fish the yeah, well, the way he moves this young lad carry, sir? Well, I was absolutely well, not delighted, obviously, because he's not 
Boy's injuries, but I was hurt personally happy that they weren't going to be facing him because the likes of Ryan Edwards and that, yeah, they're solid in the yeah. first header and tackle, but they're not the best when it comes to dealing with pace or move, like the intricate runners, the movement. Because are they big, big brute centre halves? Are certain they're good at certain things, but they're maybe not the best when they're up against the wee nippy technical yeah. player. So I was happy. And if, I mean, Edwards and that will defend. Just I'm not a non-mobile striker that just stands in the penalty box. As long as you beat him to the first ball or tackle, you can deal with that. But it's, Diogo would have been a threat, so I'm glad he wasn't playing. <laughs> Best of subs up there, Mark. Does that, that how static actually? Uh, yes, he is. That Edwards the current day, they were so comfortable with the ball being played into. Yes, because if they got a foot to him, they got the ball because he's so static and, and he's lacking full with creation, not for Celtic even even to make space like. Uh, and, and Barry just quoted, uh, he always just quoted Barry, what, what Barry was saying uh, about Kyogre, that no big centre-half would want to play against him because he's so mobile. You know, and that's, with, with the Yessi, it's just so, it's just, it's just so easy for a market, this uh, centre-back playing against him. Like. It's like defending 101, Paul. Yeah. That's really, that's like, you want to say, he's big, Muscly ball-winning centre backs can mark players like that. Easy, it's an easy shift for them. Uh-huh. All they need to do is get to the ball first, because he's not going to make a move to get to the ball. So just defending one oh one, and any any half decent defender can just can do that all day, really, Paul. But not just that, Yoris. Myself and Mark, and uh, a lot a lot of the lads on the live chat are saying. We have two similar players in, in Tom Mill and Roderick, that they're too similar that they can't they can't play each other. Have you ever had that, Georgia Dundee nice days you that you had two players that were so similar that they, they couldn't play together? I, I tell you what was done about it if if you had. No, it's funny you mentioned that because one of the biggest problems we had last season was we had Harks and Butcher yes. who just sort of sit in the midfield like there's and it was two there was no creativity whatsoever. But now that Butcher wasn't in the side yesterday, they've got Dylan Levitt, who they've got on loan from Man United. I thought he was brilliant yesterday as well. Yes. He was range of passing and stuff. And then it makes Harks better, because Harks was... See that, like, when Harks got that goal yesterday? See, uh, see last season under Miller? He would never have been there, because he'd be playing yes. holding midfield. Yeah, he would be up that pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. With Fuchs sitting, and then Levitt passing the ball, then it gives Harks and people like that to chat, like, can get further up the park. So no, we definitely suffered for that last season. We had two midfielders that were too similar and there was no creativity. It's maybe different for you, as you have two creative midfielders that stifle each other's creativity, whereas we had two midfielders that were too defensive and then that negated any creativity that we had. So no, I definitely can see where you're coming from with that point of view. Like. It, 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 there's a prime example, Mark, when you have two players quite similar, like Yoris talks there, there were two defensive fielders, but you know, the two defensemen will kind of get get the rhythm of the game going, the passing of your game, like they'll pick out the passes. But on our side, is that the opposite side, that we have two similar players. And they don't, they two, we have two players, Mark, right, that, that don't do the press, the edge, yeah. And they won't do the press either, Mark, the edge, once or forms to do Torval or Logic won't go in for a tackle either. No. You know? It just doesn't work, like you know what I mean. Like you know, said there, like they saw that last season, they put Fuchs in there to to let to let one of them free up, 
and look at the benefits that they got. Then Harks is there to move up the pitch, and if he wasn't on the pitch, if if uh, Fuchs wasn't playing, Harkins would have been this time last year. He would have been a defensive midfielder, and he would be up that side of the pitch. Like so, it doesn't work like it, and it hasn't worked for England for years. Mark he tried to get, we say, Lampard and Gerrard to play for instead of midfield for years, and that never worked. It doesn't work if you have two similar players. And you think now that our players are face that maybe Aj actually sees what we're seeing. Like that's the biggest that's the big question. Is he seeing what we're seeing, Mark, you know? Well injuries in that Paul, I think it's just what you didn't a date kind of thing. That's what I think. Uh-huh. the selections because he didn't but once once as I say the McGregor's fit back fit, Garcia's it's game speed up, game speed up. For me, it's Greg and McCarthy and some go Rogic. That'll be uh-huh. the mid team for me. Because they're all for you something different, Paul, you know what I mean? For me, for me see, see the, the Turnbull's going for, it's the same bulge that Rogic yeah. going for, it's that kind, it's just... I mean, that is they're the same. They're in the same position as, as like what is what they're kind of getting shoulder to shoulder, really, Mark, aren't they? Them styles the same and everything. It's just so. Yeah, I mean, the nannies, are like the longest up players. The I mean, Rogic is a big bit of a lad, and he's obviously powered up off us. Uh huh. John, John, come in. I told her Rogic. I know we spoke a lot about it, but I kind of. They really can't play. You go for a toilet, John, yeah? No, that's not me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know if it was you, Paul. What was that earlier? An aeroplane flying through your room or something like that? I see it's private jet in it, Paul. Huh? That's the podcast. The money coming in from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> John, I was just saying, like, they really, when players are fit, like Mark said, it either has to be one or the other, doesn't this? Toilet or logic. I with Mark say my two three, I think it's spot on. Obviously with McGregor, McCarthy, and you know one of these two, so I was thinking McCarthy's going to be the sitting one, and it uh, protects the back phone. McGregor's just going to be one that dictates, dictates where to play. You'll get back and forth, take with defence and attacking. Obviously, oh, it's Rogic or Tumble. They'll be the one that's creating and kind of getting goals and assists and stuff like that. But I uh, what Mark was saying, that's just that's just my two three. I've been going. I mean, I don't like it too. Really. Oh, they, they don't fit the same team we got on. Uh, so I like to know that kind of player that's going to sit and do the protection and I'm missing McGregor big time as well. Maybe even, maybe even put Kyogre in there as I was saying the other night. Yeah, just kind of free roll just floating about and just I mean, go for, for the wings to... It could be like a 4-3-3 he's playing, isn't it? So uh-huh. Cal McGregor, eh... Uh, and Kyogo is a three. I mean, McCarthy and McGregor together, that's a good partnership, in my opinion. And that was like, are you going to take up that weekend of free roll? Just, uh, just, just create a lot of havoc in it. We get them behind just these pages. I don't think, yeah. I don't think Jacko's came here to sit on the bench. So uh, he's going to be he's going to be playing. And I'm not keen at Kyogo out on the left and Jota's doing well out there than as well, sir. Keep keep uh, Yogo in the like in the middle area, but just playing it like between the midfield and the attack. You've tells you the obviously that Jack and Wokus up top in it, we sight you obviously they get the crosses coming in and he's gonna get the end of them and with you all going it, just, people are just, just gonna give people problems and they'll just no well be able to keep their eye on them, they'll get that free roll, just floating about everywhere and then you've got the big man obviously getting tapped in the balls and stuff like that, but it's a good shout mark definitely and it's it's worth a thought. You always the other night there uh, uh, last Wednesday we had uh, 
Father Static Pira, Father Dundee, Nice Imagine, Jackie McNamara on the podcast. Mm. But we asked him a question that with Andrew's teams, there seems to be no plan B. It seems to be one way or, or nowhere, the, the high press, the, the fast feed football and stuff like that. And we asked Jackie, like, should he have a plan B? Like, should there be different options? Like, and he said, like, you should and, and stuff like that. Does courts have a different option to where you play if you go down 1-0 or does he change things up up front or what's the approach he, he would take in positions like that? Spot on yesterday, Paul. You went right up the park. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean, sir? Obviously, he's got sort of, you know, kind of what he's doing when they go a goal down. I think, see, to be fair, Thomas, his first big job, right, and he has, he has made a couple of mistakes against Hearts. He started a young lad, Chris Mockrave, or Levitt, and Fuchs and Paul, and it was two that we were, we were overrunning the field because they had two big, that Peter Haring and the lad Beningame, two big lads in the middle of the park, and it was ineffective. But to be fair, he saw, he made a change, brought Butcher on to solidify the midfield, and then released Fuchs further up the park, and then Harks got to drive up, and that's when we created four or five chances. So his in-game management has actually been reasonably good, and he hasn't been too slow to act. There's been a couple of substitutions that he's got wrong, but you can put that down to him and being an inexperienced coach. But I think uh-huh. I think his philosophy is to try and stick to a sort of attacking, high-pressing sort of game of football. You know what I mean? Because um, we're quite solid at the back. We don't really concede a lot of goals. So we've got a steady foundation, but we're now actually allowing the creative guys to go forward and actually create rather than under Mickey Mell and just having 11 men behind the ball and hoping to nick a set piece or something. You know what I mean? Well, sorry, but notice what what was your thoughts on Jackie McMahon's manager uh, at Dundee United? So just just to get your own like a, a Dundee United supporter talking about it. Well, the thing is, I think the fan base turned on him once the contract details and that got leaked. But under Martin Amara, we played some bright, like unbelievable football, and he had a great team at his disposal. And the wheels sort of started to fall off when he, a lot of players were sold. So, uh-huh. but then a lot of that was down to the chairman as well. So. You're not really privy to what goes on behind the scenes and stuff like that and whatever. But like I say, we had great times under McNamara and it kind of fell off a cliff. And then it was a combination of his contract being leaked and other bits and pieces that went against him and sort of fan base turned against him. But there, he was probably, the chairman certainly didn't, didn't help yeah, his cause either. I said he was a bit weird, a bit a weird guy to kind of try and deal with. And even selling players and uh, was it he knew that there was a, a big coming from McCoy, he knew that he was going to leave, but then they saw Armstrong kinda of behind his back as well and dead like that, which is another blow to be honest. You know? Yeah. No, that's it. Like that, that's definitely it, like uh, and like I say at the end of the day, as fans, we only know so much of what's going on and we hear rumours and things like that. But even the season that we got relegated, Thompson promised him a war chest in January to keep us up, but then we went after three agents and guys in their thirties that hadn't played yeah, for eighteen months and things. Yeah. So I don't think he was never probably there was probably a lot of broken promises there and stuff as well. And his hands were tied to a certain extent. But like I say, I think he, his sort of his sort of like tenure was became untenable as soon as we found out he was making a profit on like sort of player sales. But again, that those kind of contracts shouldn't have been getting leaked either. So no, I can't. No. I'm not really going to say. Too much on the subject, but that's 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 what's my sort of opinion is on it. Anyway, Mark just got what I was asking you. Honest, said, look, I'd always spoke to Jackie about it. I'd, I'd like, but at the moment, 
Now, it could be dug to injuries, obviously, right? because we saw the bench yesterday, Mark. We actually had no attacking threat, really, rather than being in, uh, a left-side uh, defender, Montgomery. I, I had to kind of change the game. Like, that was really the only threat we we, we had the bench yes, yesterday. Like, But going forward, if we're fit, and if we're struggling against teams like Dundee United, like we struggled against... Uh, Hearts and stuff like that where we're losing games or drawing games we need a goal considering of what we've seen of Ange and what we've known of Ange right do you think that he's the type of manager to change his system to maybe it's not the system he's changed Paul the system can still be the system or change the personnel so I mean we've said this they never talk about whether it be Kyogo or Big Jacko up front Right away, you, you can't just, if it's a big Greek guy, you're going to just cro- you cross the ball into the box and hope he gets in it. There's no point you cross the ball into the box for Kyogo to get it. But even if we're struggling, right? Talk about it before, yeah. we've so, three, we three different we, types of strikers. But, but my point is, like, we see before, it like some Brendan Rodgers, we see me letting that maybe one of our centre-halves might go up front and we, we, we need a goal in Europe or something like that, and well, we need to lob the ball into the box and stuff like that. Like, can you see Andre the type of manager that's going to do that? That we we badly need a goal. Now, would would we see one of our centre halves going up front to get a goal? That's what I can to say. You know that would he go to or would he continue? That's, ex- that's like that's extreme, isn't it? Yeah, depends the situation. If you're chasing a goal and get equalised in the last couple of minutes, and you're going to throw everybody up, aren't you? In the 90th minute, you're going to try and get your big boys in the box and just slump into the box. But what would you think the type of manager would do that, Sean? Uh, I don't know. I think he's one of the ones. He's just he's adamant on his style. He's got his style of football and how he likes to play football. And I think he believes in his style and I think he believes when he gets his players up to how he feels they should be fit and the right uh, quality of player in every position. And he feels obviously that team will fly. And I've got that confidence in him as well because I've fucked him up and everywhere he's been and it's always been the same at the start. Mm-hmm. And he's still starting when he gets all the players in that he needs and he gets them up to the standard he wants them at then that team just flies and takes care and I think there's a somebody like a sports guy in a stadium or something says that well, I don't know what team it was it was the Brisbane team or no it's the best football team a stadium has ever seen uh, well I mean, they had all the criticism at the start with him as well and people were all doubting him and he just says to him listen judge me within a year and at the end of that year I think everybody were eating their words and that's, I'm looking at the new I'll, I'll see where we're at the end of the season and see what he's done. And I've still got confidence in him. And I just think, I feel a bit sorry for him. Obviously, we had options, but we've got nothing on the bench. And yesterday, everything was there with the service into the box. And I just think I get to let him do big time. We just, I mean, the Celtic, nothing there. The Celtic team, right? It's a di- you put Cal McGregor and Kyogo in that, it's a different animal altogether, right? Oh, 100%, 100%. Mark, even Kyogo, I'm getting them behind. And, I think Kyogo's just got that instinct on him as well. He either latched onto one or two of the boys, and if you put that in front of Kyogo, the one I get is skived, and that's going in the back of the net, I think. But just see yourself, I would have to own it's a different ball game. You're just looking at the the, the start team yesterday, so I, I know we had injuries, but considering the size of squads that Celtic had over the years, and we signed fairly bad players and, and stuff like that, and Dundee Nice had their own kind of a mismanagement with Dundee Boards. Over the years, you told us the the liquidation stuff like that. Like, this is clearly mismanaged by Celtic board that we actually did have a, an attacking trust come onto the bench. Did 
Yeah, well, the, the thing is, like I say, you, you need to sort of identify areas across the border where you need to strengthen, and ideally you'd maybe like to look, if a game's not going your way, your manager would like to look in, behind them and say, oh, I've got two or three options on the bench. But um, that, that's the problem we've got as well. We've got no um, sort of striking options. We've got Nicky Clark and Mark McNulty. McNulty's just tore his hamstring, so he could be six to eight weeks. Wow. So we've only got Mark, we've only got Nicky Clark really as a recognised striker, and then young Louis Appert, who you could maybe play up front, even though it's probably not his best position. So that's I one. Don't you just came back back to the club, did he? Johnny yeah. the window, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that, that's where we're like now, and it's kind of one of those things where we should have probably went and got someone as well. But so we're kind of on the same boat as you lads with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the sense that we're a bit light up front. <laughs> Kyogo got injured away in international duty. Yeah. Uh, the big the Greek guy, Jacko's no been, well, he's no fit for his come in kind of thing, but I don't think you can lay the blame for that at the board's door. No, I've said it. If you only play with one striker up front, you only need three strikers on your books. True. Just being that on. I mean, if you've got... Oh, I've just got what people are saying on... Uh-huh. On, on the forums and, and like that, I blame the board. Uh, uh, it's mismanagement that we don't have. <laughs> we don't. We don't have uh, striking options on the benchmark. That we don't have a recognised striker to, to come in there. And it's bad management by the board. Uh, the players we brought in, it wasn't enough. We should have brought in more. You know that's what that's what Celtic fans are kind of saying, isn't it? Oh, do, you, do you think she's an oil? Setting the stand, Paul, when everybody else is. Yeah. That's it. Like we always maybe we should like see like Rangers done with the four or something like that. Get a, a right old guy in or something just to make up the numbers on the event on the eventuality of what's happened to is happening. But I don't. It's just we've been that unlucky with injuries. It's kind of oh, it's flip it the other way. Flip it the other way. That is what Chad said there. That we clearly don't have a a young striker back. We need a youth system that can that can actually step up to that level. Ah, uh, well, that's you know, aye, that's, you know, that, yeah, that's the problem. It is. If any other club had like your kind of injury crisis, if you want to call it that, with the three strikers and two of them are out injured at the time, you'd look, you'd think that you've got somebody that you've set up but good enough to even sit on the bench. I don't know uh-huh. why they bring on that young lad Moffat yesterday and just because he. He'd, They'd have done better than a yeti was doing. Most definitely. Nah, he's quite. He's that wee guy Moffy. He's something about him. I've kind of watched him a few times. He's got a bit of dig about him. He likes to drive forward and he likes to have a shot in that as well. And he gets involved in a lot of things about the boat. I don't think he's shy. And I think in pre-season as well, he wasn't shy. He was kind of getting involved in a lot in the game. But I don't think we're allowed to bring players up for the B squad. I thought that was at shot because we're kind of like a different team. And now you get to see playing this kind of the same like the Scottish League. I don't know. I think I was allowed to happen. I don't know where that. I just saw that one of yours' bodies on the live channel as well. And I'll ask you honest the question. I think what have op- opposition fans said about Celtic at the moment? Be honest. Uh, just sort of saying that. I mean, when the first you were putting lots of goals past everybody, it was kind of they looked like you know a good side and stuff but I think everybody sort of said the same thing they look shaky at the back even when they've been playing in Europe and all that kind of stuff so I think they're saying that decent going forward when you've got all your players but, but there's still a wee bit of that rocket that maybe centre half and stuff like that seems to be the sort of consensus at the minute yeah that's that's that, that's kind of a 
addition back that kind of has it kind of connected yes is the the backlight was still kind of leaky goals the staff felt again yes they looked a bit shaky didn't they aye another poor performance for him as well but even at their goal I thought I think him and Carlton Vickers have got to take uh, responsibility for it I mean, again, it's that zonal marking. None of them knew who, who was picking up anybody or nothing. Who was the boy who scored again for United? He took that goal well, so he did, man. He took it easy to place it brilliantly. And Ian Hart. Ah, yes, he took it well just to be guided at right of the goal. It was, it was a nice season, man. <laughs> Your score, boy, the, the, the league table, like, are, are you happy with it? the position you are at the moment or do you think you should be better or are you content with like you you said like you're sitting on is it 11 points is this you're quite yeah. happy with that this time long considering the the changes he had at management yeah absolutely because a lot of a lot of boys were saying that after seven games or whatever or they'd be sitting bottom of the league with no points in August and that but this was before we had players signed and there was a you know what I mean and there was a bit of panic and a bit of sort of like where's the next signing coming from or how's the manager going to do with his experience and things but to be sitting fifth after sort of half a dozen games with, with, we've had a tough fixture list uh, yeah I'm satisfied like you know what I mean if they're beating Rangers and uh, got to Celtic Park and getting a draw did you say during the games you don't expect to take anything and then we've also had Hearts and Aberdeen in that as well, you know what I mean? In St Johnston, who who won a double cup double last year, so we've had a difficult that's start. Probably, like, you know what I mean? Hard to start out the league when you uh, look it at probably that. is actually. We probably got the hardest start. Everybody, even fans at other clubs at the time were saying that United have probably got the hardest start. So to come out with that, the eleven points out of twenty-one available, I think it's a really good start considering considering the fixtures we got dealt. Just looking at your next few matches there. Uh, you're on, on Saturday the 6th of October, you have uh, Ross County at home, you have Hibardi the way, you've Monument at home, you've Livingston away, St. Justin at home, and you've Hearts away. Tough fixtures in there as well, and uh, one tough fixture that, that, that Celtic struggled in, and it's the ground the honest that we're not in favour of, is uh, the artificial grass there. How do your fans feel about this uh, this artificial grass played on that? And, is it is the tough blog to go on because of this artificial grass that Celtic we actually haven't won there in a long long time ourselves we've got a horrendous record against Livingston even going back to when they were on grass so we, they're just a bogey team for us in general but I think yeah I'm not a fan I think we had this conversation before as well and I think every single top flight pitch in every country should be grass in my opinion unless you're playing in Scandinavia or countries with extreme winters where unless you've got artificial pitches you can't get games on you can kind of mitigate for that but I think even I think every professional club should have a grass surface even in the lower leagues if you're a professional outfit you should be playing on, on a grass surface because it does give teams an advantage because the, the way the ball bounces and uh-huh. the, injuries, the injuries that you can pick up on it and stuff like that the ball doesn't roll through the pitches are a lot, lot quicker and the thing is as well a lot of the clubs they don't have an, an, a training ground either like separate to that they they use their they train in their stadium on that park all the time so, so they're well used to that pitch as well exactly yeah huh? people people talk about the, uh, the state of the pitches not people say but it's the same for base teams but Livingston train on it every week they train on it every day wow. just one advantage to them 
exactly. And like you, it is an advantage. And like you say, okay, we've got like obviously an artificial pitch at our training ground, and we'll probably train on that a couple of days before we go on to the pitches. But that's a couple of days training in the build up to a game. We're not training on that every three six three hundred sixty five days a year. You know what I mean? Better one at your training grounds and better nicks and Livingston's as Jonas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we only use it in preparation probably for games like that or when it's adverse weather conditions. We don't. We'll train on grass probably ninety five percent of the time all year round. <laughs> it's amazing, like like Mark, like that. Oh, I actually did know that. Oh, that Livingston will actually that 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 they actually trade on that pitch as well. Like I don't know. That's clearly an advantage for any, any home team that plays or trains on the, on the, the artificial surface. As you always said, they're like, Celtic are probably the same. Like they're probably training grass 95% of the time as well, and they only go to the all-weather pitch because of extreme weathers as well. You know, it's a ground that really keeps struggling due to the fact that it is artificial grass, but we seem to struggle those as well at... at this this year, anyway, just because of injuries and stuff like that, we we can't get as what they call this edge ball, this fast free football. But we, at the moment, we see we can't play against teams that have eleven men against the ball. You know, back to the wall, we we see we we struggle to break them down. Now, like you said, there's due as well to uh, Kyogre that he makes that movement that he open up the these spaces. But if we don't have Kyogre. We just can't do it, you know. Are you there? You honest? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm just sorry. I, I was just listening to what you were saying, but uh, no. Like, do you, would you, I, I don't need like the same like the way because you would play kind of similar. Like you, you like playing playing football and, and, and move, like do you struggle against eleven teams like packs to the wall? Well, see, to be fair, apart from. We don't really have any teams that set up against us to be back to the yes, wall because we, because we're not class like we're obviously not on the, the same financial level or yeah, yeah. player quality level as like the Glasgow club like you know what I mean so you every, get teams attacking together as well every single game that we'll be involved in like that Ross County game will be an open game at the weekend because nobody really. In the championship, teams set up and parked the bus against us and we struggled against them, the likes of Allo and sort of lower clubs like that. But we'll not get anybody in this league setting up to park the bus against us, so we kind of can go out and play the same way all the time because everybody else is quite is open. Because apart from the two teams at the top, of the, like you lads, and then maybe Hibs and that, the way they're playing, everybody can beat anybody really, I think, so it's pretty open regardless against everybody else, you know what I mean? So we don't really need to combat teams that park the bus unless we've got a cup tie against Montrose or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. I always think it's Mark uh, this, as I said a few times, it's always harder to play against the teams at the bottom of the league that will, that, that will, that will play the dirty game, that they're, they're just quite happy to, to lob the ball anywhere. You know, I, I, we, 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 we do struggle. I, not just this season, Mark. We, we, we saw last season as well, that, and even on the blend margins, that we struggle, Mark, against teams that, that pack the bus, don't we? Oh, that's fine. We, well, the last time we didn't, we did, Paul. We no, we did. We S- broke down, yeah. Sinclair and the team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The strength of the players. And yeah. I think uh, Yota, I, I thought he had a great game yesterday. Uh, even I, I said the first couple of games i seen him, Paul, I thought he maybe needed to work his final ball a bit and that. But just some of his delivery yesterday was fantastic, I thought. But uh, So the likes of 
Yota, Abada, Kyogo, that's what these players will be able to, should be bringing to the table, that's what they should be, that's what they've been brought in today, Paul, when we're up against mm-hmm. these teams that are t- like, just a lot, I mean, really, as we, we joke about 10 men and the ball, but it's not, it's 11 men for the most of the game. So you look at these players that have a wee bit special and have got that wee bit of quality, and that's where you're looking for them to come in and do something to break down these defences. Let's have a look at your uh, your play races back of yours. You can give us your Dundee races there. Uh, play races just uh, as we go along. Uh, Mark, do you want to start? Right, uh, Joe Hart, I didn't really have much today. Well, he was well beaten at a goal. But he made, a, he made a good save late on that one that Jonas was talking about. I can't even mind the guy's name. Uh, I gave him a six. Ralston. He was running up and doing all day, but I thought he'd a poor guy. I did, I wasn't he? He's been getting him back to, to running about just uh, like a headless chicken and no actually dead. Do you know what I mean? He's not playing football the way he was when he first was playing really early in the season. He's uh-huh. to be not running up and down. Uh, and well, he, well, he slipped, didn't he? he? Let the boy put the cross in for the goal. So I gave him a six. Starfield just looked shaky at times, really struggling to settle down. Uh, I gave him a six. Carter Vickers, well, I that finally we've got somebody who's got a bit of an aerial presence in the team, but that's one thing I've noticed about him. He was solid enough to try to push us forward. Uh, but as I said earlier, him and Starfield have got to take some responsibility for the goal because. Your centre-backs should be attacking that to defend it. I uh, gave him a seven. Juranovic thought he was having a decent enough game before he take off injured. I gave him a five. My thought woeful. Just, it was a woeful performance there. I just I don't know why he's fat enough. Just not. Do you take his well back, though, due to McCarthy? And I, I was thinking about it. Like, do you take that because he's played in front of Torben and Roderick that McCarthy actually needs a bit of protection as well from the people above it that the likes of Cal McGregor would give McCarthy that protection as well I don't, I don't think he'd be playing he'd be in the team if uh, McGregor was not injured Paul I really don't uh-huh. just, he, there's something he's just no, nowhere near fat enough uh-huh. I gave him a 4 just he's not lucky when he hit the bar that was about it, really, back what this? Such a running about, but didn't really have much effect in the game. Rockets, he put in a bit of a better performance at Turnbull. Again, as I said, he's always looking for that extra touch when he should be passing or shooting, even. Uh, gave him a six. Abada, I thought he played really well. Worked hard, got another goal, and well, he should have assist for that. A Yeti one as well. I gave him a seven. Just. Just an empty jersey, just need. Yeah, Jesus, like, it's really. Like, to give a Celtic player back, like, you'll always try to give him a, a decent score, but. Like, there was actually no heart in the yes, yes, like, I, I just got knocked off him, do you know what I mean? If I start, they just went into your shell. Yeah, it's not working for the Mac, it's not, it's not working, I said, and you said. Uh, you yeah, sorry, man. I've given him a money, my money match. I thought he was constant. He could do the wing. Unlucky to score at the end as well. As I said, there, if we got a decent striker in there, Yota will yeah. plenty of goals for us. I'm really, I'm really impressed with Yota. Yeah, 
McGuffey came on and put in another competent performance. Just kind of seems to just do a kind of higher. As, as, he's a, like a, a six or a seven every week. Yeah, stud. And for a guy, a young player that kind of young, that's good to see. Yeah, I gave him a six. Sorrow played another couple of nice passes and probably put in a better performance than McCarthy did, but he, he needs to calm down and. And he just seems to have run a bit like he'd Yeah, even his pass that there was well again back yesterday, like, his pass is kind of wayward. It, like, it, right. it's, it's, as if he's not looking where he's passing the ball or something. Like, like I don't know how many times uh, he gave the ball away yesterday, Zorro. You know, and like, yours was on the podcast there when, it, when, we, when we were talking about uh, Zorro last year. Like, uh, would he be the next uh, Scott Brown? And I'll just get. Yours is talking on Zorro. You're, like you, 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 you on the podcast, loads of times we spoke about Zorro. Is he the next Scott Brown? Will he be the player? Like, well, he's clearly after can he take his eye off the ball? I don't know what's after, after happening to him. I think he just needs to settle down. He strikes me as quite frantic. He just seems to be 100 miles an hour. He just maybe needs to take a breath. Because when he does the basics, he does them quite well. But I think he's probably over... I think he's trying too hard. Maybe he just needs yeah. to settle down a wee bit. That's, probably, that's, that's what I would get. I take from him. And uh, just just what Marcus said there as well, uh, not just the Celtic, but, but for Scotland, like, we're gradually seeing young players actually coming up in the Scottish ranks. And look, we have the young lad Carfin for, for Dundee Nights, but one Celtic player who's actually coming on and, and he actually does a amazing job for us is, is the lad uh, Montgomery, Yoris. Yeah, well, he looked, imp- I was quite impressed with him yesterday. He looked composed in that for a, a young lad, yeah. So, no, he looked like he looked a decent player. Definitely looked like just steady, didn't do anything. And he just did all the just did the basics well, you know what I mean? Didn't look like looked as if he played at a decent level for a, longer than he had done, eh? Mm-hmm. You honest know, we'll come to yours for the Dundee Nices and just to see how, how you take the Dundee Nice affairs against the, the Celtic team. Right, so I'll give Benjamin Seagrist, I'll give him a six because not a fault for the goal. He had a, once I had a save where he had to turn it around the post from I can't remember who it was, it was maybe from Fjorta, but he wasn't overly troubled. Was he lucky to stay at the pitch, Yoris? Again, it's one of them ones, but I don't know if he's looked to see where the boy is. It looks, it probably looks worse when he gets yeah. to slow it down. Every time you slow it down, it looks worse. But he's not got that in him. I don't think he's malicious. I don't think it was... He's went out his way to try and do him. He's probably just got his leg up to protect himself because he's looking at the ball, so he maybe he thinks he's going to get pole-ups because he maybe thinks uh-huh. the boy's going to smash him in midair. So I don't think he's went out to do him like... Eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you watch... Scott McMahon, I would say a six because he was at fault for a bad as goal. He kind of just like he was sleeping at the back post and a bad had just nipped across him. And a man, a guy with his aggression and height, shouldn't be getting beat as easy as that. But he redeemed himself with a pass in the build up to the equaliser. So give him a six. Ryan Edwards a six again, not really unduly troubled. Kerr Smith seven, just composed for a sixteen-year-old lad. I would have given him a six, but I'm just giving him a seven based on the fact he was a. Six. Uh-huh. Could, could even maybe be pushing towards an eight just because he's a 16 year old lad in that sort of stadium against a good side so seven or eight for him Kieran Freeman I would say a six again struggled against Fjord in the first half and has also stopped didn't stop the cross coming in for the opening goal so I would say he settled down after that so he's steady enough at six uh, John Doe Fuchs I would probably say an eight um, again, he's tackled on McCarthy. I don't think it was malicious. McCarthy got a hospital ball and Fuchs has seen an opportunity to try and win it and he just arrived late. There was no intent from him to do the boy. Ken. He's not that kind of player again. I don't think 
red card would have been harsh. It's one of them. If that had been McCarthy the other way around, you lads would have probably been saying the same thing. So probably Yoris. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It's not like you know what I mean. It wasn't over the top of the ball, or he wasn't knee high or anything like that. He just arrived too late. So I would give him him and uh, Peter Paul. I would say seven, just because he was good on the ball and he drove us up the park. Hearts. Gets uh, Hearts I would be an eight as well, just consistent. Got the equaliser and he was just everywhere. Dylan Levitt seven just for his passing. Kept the game ticking over for us. Um Niskin in a seven well no a six probably. Looked struggled a wee bit for fitness, but that's only like his third game. He's just in the country. Got a good crossing for the equaliser and, the, and looked dangerous. He cut in there, there was a shot that went just wide in the second half as well, where could have went in. And then Nicky Clark a six as well. Hard shift for anybody, a lone striker away at Celtic at any time, you know what I mean? But I thought he, I thought he knocked his pan in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a shift ran, ran his cell into the ground. Same for Adrian Sporler when he came on. Give him a five. I thought he drove us up the park a couple of times, had a couple of attempts as well. And then Louis Appery, probably a four. He just looks a bit devoid of confidence. And I think he's got to do better with that chance at the end there. I mean, he... He, he took too many touches. I don't understand why he just didn't hit it at the time. And that was right in the hot stoppage time, so could have maybe nicked it. So I'll give him a four off the bench. <laughs> I think it is a penalty. Because, and the thing is, I was I got the paper view yesterday, so obviously I had the Celtic TV commentary. And Simon Donnelly and the main commentator said it was a pen, and Hartson and Petrov both said it should have been a penalty in the studio as well. So... I think he's got barged in the back, you know what I mean? And he's through one-on-one, so I think it's got to be a penalty, you know what I mean? You, you see them giving it the incident, obviously. What do you want, mate? No, I was going to say, was, but I, I, I think it was a penalty as well, but I thought that Starfelt was fibbled before it. Aye, that's what I was about to say. It shouldn't have got to that moment. It should have been pulled back for a free kick right away, so it shouldn't have got to the moment they're, they're in a position to score for obviously from what you brought down for a penalty. So I think it would have been a bit unjust if we got a penalty against us for that, so it should have been brought back. And I can see both sides of the argument as well. It's one of those ones where, like, if that was at the other end and, say, someone had barged Kerr Smith off the ball and that was Ayeti going through, you would have gone, been screaming for a penalty as well. So yeah. it's one of them ones. You just see it through your... You'll shout for anything as a fan, you know what I mean? It's one of them, is it? Yeah, but you see them giving... I can see both sides of the argument. We've seen penalties being given, Mark. We've seen penalties being given. For me, it was a story. Yeah, definitely a penalty. I've done any doubt that it should have been given. I'm just saying... I think it should have got to what John's saying it should the foul should have been given on Starfield. I actually think that's maybe why the referee didn't give it. I think he's realised right. that he's he's missed that foul. Like he, he thinks he's made a mistake by not giving you the free kick and then he's he's not gave the penalty because he's maybe realised like well, a fraction of a second that he should have gave him a free not, kick, you know what I mean? You're not the biggest fan of no. Nah, the ref was poor for nah, the ref you're, was Nah, we've had we've we've had num- a numerous dis- poor decisions. I mean, we had Clancy in that Rangers game when we beat them one 0 and like I say, the five minutes of stoppage time. Uh-huh. And, he was he was looking every time a Rangers player went down in the box. He was he was looking for an opportunity to give something. You know what I mean? And there was a couple of times where even Tavernier was taking corners and the ball wasn't in the quadrant and everything and linesman. And they just let him take the the kicks and everything. Hey, I've, I've never been keen on Clancy, so I wasn't surprised he had a poor game. Just the standard of referee in general in Scotland, you see five or six horrendous decisions every yeah, weekend, every regardless week. of what game you're watching. You know what I mean? I've said that. Before. I don't buy into all the. I've not seen 
maybe even subconsciously going, do you know what I mean, the kind of all these paranoid folk about the biasness and that. I just think it's standard, the referee in Scotland's just abysmal. It's really Aye, it's, it's shocking. Uh, even if it is biasness that's making you, that's doing it, the actual incompetence is helping to cover that up even more. The thing is, man, I don't think you... You speak to every manager at every single t- club in the league every weekend, right? And there'll be... Like say, that penalty that was given against uh, St. Johnston for Hibs when the boy had the ball blasted at him from, what, a yard away and his hand was down by his side and the gave Hibs a penalty. You know what I mean? You're sitting there going, Callum Davidson's doing his dinger, but you can understand why because it's an absolutely... I mean, he'd be incandescent if that went against your team, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, the thing about that as well, we've said this as well, it seems like it should be the managers that have gone all these things out on a regular basis. And not just when their team gets when their team gets beat. Even if your team wins, but the referee gets a soccer, bring it up, bring it up. Yeah. So the referee would have a right good game there. Exactly. Just blame it on silver green. If you're when you lost, right, Jack? Because they just said Mark, oh, that's silver green again from Celtic. Do you know what I mean? Ah, you like even Dundee United manager from yesterday and saying, ah, well, we can't do that, but overall, I thought the referee had a poor game. Mm-hmm. That, 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 for me, there's nothing at all wrong with that, but if he did come and say it, he's hopped up from his SFA and game banned and stuff like that. But, but we did that after the Hibs game on the Thursday night. He came out and said that, I've got to show a bit of decorum here, but we've been on the end of two scandalous decisions. I mean, Colin gave a penalty when he could see the incident, just guessed, and then we had a goal to make it 3 2. Pollock was three yards on side, and the linesman's five yards away from play. Looking, looking through a rock of bodies, just put his flag up because he's guest again. You know what I mean? So just horrendous. So like we've been on the end of like poor refereeing decisions Nothing. every week, near enough. No, it never happened. To be honest, didn't it? That's the thing about it. I mean, I know. They're not. We spoke about it. I don't know if you've been on before. But I know we spoke about it. But if you're performing in your group in acceptable way, you're either no going to the job getting the or something. Or you're, or you're getting retrained or whatever, but they'll pick up their thousand pound a week, regardless of how poor their performances have been. And still get a big, uh, look at another thousand pound big game next weekend. Well, they'll all be on big games. I can assure you, like, Colm or Clancy won't be dropped for this weekend. Come in, <laughs> no chance. It's a scandal. I've said that before. I think referees should, should be referees across all the leagues. Exactly. I think I would just see that one of the fairest ways to actually do it. Yeah, it's 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 true what you also do. Like it doesn't matter what game it is. No, it it seems to be a decision made by a referee. That's 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 kind of in the papers or as to talk about Scottish football at the moment. You know, like you would you be would you be maybe a fan of VAR coming to Scottish football in in, in the future? But the, the, the thing is with VAR as well, right? You could have Lily Collum exactly in the game, and then you could have Bobby Madden sitting in the VAR truck making the decision. So it's the blind leading the blind. So would, yeah. it, be any, would it be any better? You know exactly. I mean? Yeah, that, that's, that's true. Like I think it's probably even worse because then they could see how we looked at it. VAR, do you know what I mean? Because then they've got something, but they can't. They've, they've looked at it again. They've got back up that they made the right decision on the park. I mean, it's just it's probably Collins no going to pull up Gary Clancy for making a mistake and missing a penalty and things like that. No, exactly, because it doesn't affect at the end of the day, and until they start being held accountable or there's a point system or they're made to explain their decisions, because the thing is, unless they should be getting demoted, 
If you have a bad game, you should be going down to the Championship or League One for the next couple of weeks or whatever if you have a high string of high profile mistakes. That's what happens in other countries. But you see, you see, you see that down to the, the Premier League. You notice if the referee has a bad game, he's not refereed next week. You know exactly. You know, it just see as as you said there, like it's it, not happens up in uh, up in Scotland. They just let go. They're not, they're not even questioned of a bad decision. Like you know, what I mean? that that's the problem. They're not even questioned by. There's no accountability. Yeah, I've said this for years. You know, and it, it's it's not going to change. What what did you say, Mark? Who's in charge of the the fan of Dallas? Is this? Well, I can't even mention him against each other. You know, well, it's it's not going to change. John, I just come to you uh, for your. Uh, uh, starting with Joe Hart I know I had much today but before it's comfortable I was at Sarah Paul at the end that's got a, a big moment for the keeper obviously crazy I walked away a point or none I'll give my 7 for that uh, I feel like took to Joe Hart for the game for this club uh, Ralston uh, I think I've always been leaving I haven't known the pitch and he's taken his opportunities well and he's kind of the cause of the goal yesterday with slipping and stuff but uh, Hartman's done it it's, uh, but I'll give my 6 uh, two centre backs, uh, Starfield, just I don't know, anything for me or anything else. Those shaky moments, uh, I'll give him a five. Uh, Big Vickers, I think, there's a player in there and he's kind of looks comfortable and he's got that physicality about him and stuff and he kind of, I think he can do the game well. Uh, I think yesterday was really stood out too much, but I'll give him a six. Uh, Iranovic, he kind of went half early and just went a bit comfortable. And, there was a time even half and stuff like I didn't really put into the game, so I gave him a five for that. Uh, in the middle of the park, uh, combo. It's that uh, then it's eight and a half my top. Uh, so a five. Uh, big Rogic. Uh, kind of had one or two moments. He kind of unlocked the defence and he had that he bit of magic about me. Just didn't like shot off. I try and have a shot. Uh, gave him a six. Yeah, I thought Abada. He played well, he's, he took his goal well, he kind of seems to stay well in the air, he's getting up, he can get a leap up and go on the end of the headers, I think that's a couple he's scored now, I'll give him a seven. Jaw, uh, I thought he was amazing yesterday, just the way he was driving and the way he just kept trying to make things happen, he was the only player in the part that really stood out to me, it was like, so he was wanting to win this game and he's got good crosses into the box, so I'll give him a, a, a strong eight for that, and a jetty, I'll give him a lift to the airport, uh, which is absolutely <laughs> disgraceful yesterday. Then it's just leave his empty strip, floating about the park, and hopefully a bit of wind blows into the ball and it gets close to the box. Uh, but I was dreadful, and I, to be honest, I'll give him a one. Uh, young Montgomery, uh, uh, just a one. Uh, that's me with Genesis. Uh, Montgomery, every time he goes on the ball, just looks calm, composed. I've been in that team for years. Uh, created a wee one or two uh, nervy moments for Dundee United when he drove in, he had a good uh, close up, close the box. Yeah, I'll give him a seven, just someone really take to him as well. I think the number a number one spot at left back should be his just now. He's think he's earned it and every time he's come on he's been performance and yeah. he's been comfortable and I don't understand why he's not been gave it. You're also a big uh, boost for yourself as well. it's a position that, that we've been uh, be be talked about as well in a raw club but mostly for yourself as well. Uh, Having Seagas coming back early from injury. Yeah, well, he actually came back a lot quicker than we expected yeah. because at first, at first, it was reports that he'd snapped his cruciate and he could be a season-ending injury, but then it turned out just to be bruising. There was no one near him. I think it was something like he was taking a goal kick in training, or just one of those innocuous ones. And they yeah. always tend to be the worst ones when the there's nobody ones, around yeah. you. You know what I mean? 
But um, he was back in the sticks against against Dundee, which is obviously welcome. So yeah, it's always good to have your best players thingy. And then obviously we've got two big injuries now with Mulgrew and McNulty uh, out, but hopefully Mulgrew should. They're talking he might actually be touch or go for making Ross County this week. But even if he's not available, we've got confidence in Kerr Smith doing another shift day. So hopefully by the, the international breaks the week after, and then hopefully Mulgrew will be back by by the following week, like, you know. Mark, it was the big blow for, for, for Charlie Burgoo himself not to come back and play Celtic Park himself, wasn't it? I've been looking forward to that, really. Especially with the fans uh, being back. You're just yourself. What's it like to be, for, for you, being back at the stand? I know you've been to the games at Dundee, the Dundee game with Michael. What's it like for yourself being back, having the fans back in the stadium? Oh, I think it's brilliant, Mike. It's just... It's just getting like your sort of weekends back, right? Because that's why I look forward to it the weekend. That's like what I like doing, eh? So yeah. it's getting to see your pals. It's, it's the whole. It's getting back to watch your team, and you know, after a week's work and that, like it's the same as probably John and that. You know what I mean? He'll he'll enjoy. Like I don't know. You go to the games, John, anyway, do you? So you'll that'll be what you look forward to. Cause you've worked all week or whatever, and then you you look forward to the match on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever it is. You know what I mean? I I think we've made a kind of season, but called a bit. I want my mates called season books and stuff and. Yeah, well, my mates, he's got two for his two games, and obviously I can I got offered a lot of tickets all the time, and uh, stuff. Can I buy my tickets or what? Can I have an idea? I don't know. Can I win sticker? Yeah, of course I was. I was scaling the turnstiles for years, but I kind of grew up and getting embarrassing doing that. So, ah, just all my mates are all just massive Celtic fans, and there's just that many season books. I've always a lot of boys can't make it now. I uh, had a ticket for the game yesterday, but it just had too much to do, so kind of just about doing a lot of things, and I get back to watch it. <laughs> Mark, just before we go, look, I look at us Celtics next fixtures. I look, they're coming taken fast. They're not easy fixtures either. Uh, Thursday, of course, we had uh, the Europa League group stage against Leverkusen. Uh, we've a hard t- Miss limitation for me, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another tough game, and it's always a tough draw. Mark, look. I don't care if Aberdeen are, uh, or not have the best of stats either, Mark. Pitaji has always been a, a tough place for Celtic to go to. We've Motherwell away. We've drew up league against Ferrosh at home. And then we've said just the home. Like the next three, Mark, Leverkusen are two-way games. They're, they're, they're tough games. Aberdeen and Motherwell, considering we haven't run away from home since February. Uh, I'd be... I mean, just the way Aberdeen are playing, I'd be really, really disappointed if he didn't come down through there with three points, Paul. But yeah. we did the same with Livingston as well, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a hard one to call. You know what I mean? It's a hard, when you're sitting, do you know what, when you're sitting for like, like a cold, cold heat at moment, you're looking at it. Uh, it's a tough, the tough games we've got coming up. I'm just hoping that we don't get a tub and a Thursday either, you know, because that's going to breed into the weekend as well to get a tub and a Thursday in this, like, considering where we are now, and we're down to a few balls, or we're going to, like, Joris watches the job in league, and Joris, Bordeaux, have always been one of the top teams in, in Germany as well, you know? I think they're quite close to the top of the league just now as well, yeah. I think they're, they're only three points behind Bayern Munich or something, they've started the season well, so... Yeah, and they won their first game against Berns Varos, I think, anyway. So I think, yeah, it'll be a, it'll certainly be a tough game. Probably a game that you'd be hoping to go into be a full squad as well, you know what I yeah. mean? We, we know injuries and in that, you know what I mean? I think we'd be... Mark, you don't want to see, you'd like to see Celtic 
lose like but Jesus if Celtic came up with just two nil or, or two one coming out of that game you'd be really happy with that that we didn't get dumped I'd accept that Paul I'd you know take like two nothing two one or that you know I'd take that you know because like as Jonas says maybe if he had like, I won't go McGregor and that like a false for team
I think that glasses. I watched them yesterday against St. Murn because that was obviously on the telly. And even when they went 2-1 up, I was never convinced that they were going to win the game. And every week that SC Aberdeen getting worse, it enrages me more about how poor we were against them the first day of the season because that's been our worst performance. But I'd be confident if we were to play them this weekend, it would be a different outcome. Like. <laughs> uh-huh. Yours, uh, before we go, I uh, hope you, you join us next week. Uh, we'll start doing the, the SBS show. We'll have a look at the whole month of Scottish football uh, uh, for September if you're free. Uh, Myself and Mark would like like to get you started that with us if you're if you're if you're free. Being a bit about Mike earlier on the day, it's obviously we've tended to do it at the beginning of this month, for last uh, end of last month, but Mikey was not well, so I'm still hoping that you'll do that with Jonas. Yeah, no, no, that's something I'd be up for coming on on a monthly basis for like a wee a, a general chat about. Yeah, I said that I would. Aye, aye. I'd be up for doing that, and I, Mikey messaged me earlier as well. As he just says, uh, just say that um, obviously because he was busy at work, he. I'm glad he couldn't have come on tonight, but it just says to say pass on his regards to you, everybody on the night anyway. So perfect. Uh, thanks to uh, the Dundee fans on the live chat, uh, Shed Boy, and we have Tangerine Dreamer. Thanks, lads, for joining us. Uh, hope to see you again when when, when Jonas comes on the podcast. Thanks to John Zorwas for joining us uh, on the podcast. Uh, our own guys on the live chat, uh, Mark, who comes to shop. Just usual thanks, Paul, to you. Thanks to Johnny Jonas for joining us. All the guys in the live chat and guys in the fans, thanks very much for dropping by. Uh, if you have not subscribed, please hit the subscribe button and hit the like button. And if you know how, please leave a, a message underneath the video. Thanks very much, lads. Hail, hail. God bless. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Jonas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel.